0: I'm Adam Bolka, and this is the Great Supply Chain Podcast. I'll be talking to supply chain experts from around the world, experts who are tackling challenges in their corner of the industry. People are changemakers that drive innovation. That's why this Supply Chain Podcast is about learning from those who lead by example. I hope that the conversations you hear will inspire you to drive change within your organization. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome to the Great Supply Chain Podcast. I'm Adam Polka and Happy New Year. And what a way to kick off the new year. We've got a great show lined up for you today. I've got two guests here with me. First up, my guest co-host and Boston's favorite son, Guy Courte.
1: Welcome, Guy. Thanks, Adam. And I don't know if I deserve the moniker of Boston's favorite son, but I will accept it because it is a high honor. So I appreciate it. Thank you, Adam.
0: Absolutely. Guy, it's a privilege to have you uh, back here asking the tough questions.
1: As long as I have to answer them, I'm happy to ask them.
0: Uh, next up, Chief Financial Officer of Texas and future Tour de France competitor, Mark Bendler. Mark, welcome to the Great Supply Chain Podcast. Thanks, Adam. It's, it's really good to be here. I, I just climbed off
2: my, uh, my bike trainer and I'm a little bit dripping with sweat, but I'll, I'll try to stick in here with you and,
0: and I'm sure we'll have a good time. You see, that's why this is a podcast. Audio only. Don't worry about the sweat. Mark, uh, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, great to have you uh help kick off 2023. Uh so we're we're kind of between two really big shake-ups in the supply chain, uh, on the heels of a pandemic and I guess on the toes of an economic turndown.
1: Yeah, you know, Mark too and Adam, everyone, you know, including my mother, it's interesting, is is talking about this recession, right? The dreaded R-word. And the headlines are bleak. You know, we're seeing inflation going up. We're seeing you know uh, job cuts happening, especially in Silicon Valley. Um, you know, but but I, I think there's a more optimistic outlook. You know when we look at supply chain or the state of the Union, Mark, you know, in light of less than sunny economic weather, I'm curious to see you know when you look at twenty twenty three panning out, with regards to the global economic situation, you know, sort of what is it that that you think we should be looking at as opposed to just what's above the fold headlines?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. I mean, we've been through so much um, disruption, you know, over the last number of years, really, with COVID and, you know, geopolitical issues all over the place. You got a war going on in Europe and just a lot of disruption and you know, a lot of people that are wondering wondering about the future and you know kind of what comes next and looking at the economic uncertainty and you know seeing dark clouds on the horizon and and I I mean I think there's some pretty big questions on the minds of of the of industry here you know does does economic slowdown actually create some some breathing room is is at least on some people's mind you know projects that have been put off and supply chain um, retooling that can eventually help has has been pushed aside in a lot of ways, and does does a recession actually create some head room to do something there? I think is an interesting question, and I think if there is a recession uh, that that does hit, um, you know, does the disruption actually continue to create that calm that allows you know as the economy slows down that allows uh, maybe some time to to invest? And I think that's a that's a big question that that. Business will be asking themselves, and I think the answer is going to be pretty obvious. Um, And it's not going to be the same answer for everyone.
1: Mark, to to follow up on that, do you see or do you foresee? Are there segments or industry specifics that you see being more impacted? Some that can weather the storm better. I mean, I've seen some data recently that, like the the oil industry here in North America, has a record, you know, record profits. Um, part of it, yes, for gas prices and such, but they don't seem to be hurting at all. Then you turn around, you look at the other industries, like in the tech space, right, we're seeing obviously layoffs of even places like Amazon um, and some of the you know the, the digitally native brands out there. So when you look a little deeper into that, and we think of the global recession, do you think it's going to impact specific industries harder? And to your point, are some going to have sort of more opportunity now maybe to make more investments yeah you know sort of turn the the story around and say no no we're going to invest more now are you are you seeing that
2: yeah i think so i mean i think that's clearly going to be happening if you look at you know automotive and real estate and healthcare, there all these things are going to be impacted differently if you if you take an example of you know a business that let's say supplies um hospitals or a business that supplies hotels or restaurants. Uh, they're all facing different issues. If my business is distributing to restaurants, I mean, I've been sort of punched in the nose for the last two years um, and i'm I'm reeling. <laughs> and I'm wondering what you know, kind of what comes next. And now, if I have a recession to look at, um, you know where discretionary spend for the consumer who would otherwise go to the restaurant is is being impacted, is there going to be a continuation of what what's happened over the last two years in that in that industry? Or is it going to come back around and go the other direction after it seems to have just recently sort of gotten a little bit better? Um, those kind of businesses, I think, will look look at this and they'll just be hunkering down and, and hanging on um, and hoping uh, that they can make it make it through. Some some other businesses like hospitals and and hospital networks that are you know managing massive amounts of of supplies and supply chain activity. Um, they're a little less impacted by, uh, by the economic cycle in a lot of ways. Um, you know, whether or not there's a recession, people are still going to be sick um, and they're still going to need care and those hospitals are still going to need to operate. So, you know, the trajectory of let's go fix the supply chain is probably not going to be uh, impacted by, you know, what would otherwise be the dark clouds of recession.
0: Well, and, you know, following up on that, uh, Guy, just just recently in in your article uh, in Forbes, uh, you were talking about how a looming recession um, is kind of a warning sign for folks to start analyzing and modernizing the supply chain specifically, and that that process kicks off with a supply chain audit. Can you give a little bit of color around that? What's involved in that kind of an
1: audit? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's interesting. So to Mark's earlier point too, sort of does does a recession and an economic turn uh, sort of allow some of these companies to, in a way, force themselves to do things that's just relook at their supply chain, and one of which is that audit. So at a very basic level, what we mean by a supply chain audit is to truly take an assessment of all of the components in your supply chain. So a really good example of this is um, – Couple well, many years ago, when there was uh, the the um, uh, the natural disaster in Asia, and you had a lot of impact on the uh, electronics industry. Cisco did a big audit where they actually looked at all their suppliers, tier one, tier two, tier three. They looked at all the products that are coming out of those suppliers, how it related to their end products, how it impacted their business, their margin, their top line, their bottom line, and understood very quickly hey, of the thousands of suppliers we have, we can start ranking them in terms of importance to our supply chain. So for example, if I'm single sourcing an item and it's for one of my top 10 products, let's say, and I know that that supplier, if it's at risk, I don't have an option or a substitute to go with, that all of a sudden is a red flag, right? That's part of that audit is to look at your entire supply chain, the network that creates your supply chain, and understand where the risk is involved, and what's hard about that is that a lot of times what you're doing is you're relying upon your network to give you the information you need to do that audit, right? So, for example, using the Cisco example or any any supply chain that's extended, yes, you have relationships potentially with most of your tier one suppliers, right? You're you're in constant communication, you're you're sharing plans with them, you're obviously sharing finances, etc. But what about their suppliers and their supplier suppliers' suppliers? Now part of it too, and I think this is the interesting part, is you know, with the internet, with the rise of how much data is out there, the access to things such as third-party data, like a Moody's, right? Understanding the credit rating for some of your suppliers, tier one, tier two, tier three, can help in terms of being an indicator to the health of your network. So for example, if you look and your Moody's rating for one of your tier tier one suppliers, or even tier two or three is low, Does that all of a sudden elevate that red flag to say, hey, they might not be in business themselves if there's a recession or if there's any economic situation?
2: yeah and the, the problem there too gee isn't it that it is a supply chain so the chain sort of is only as strong as its as its weakest link so you you kind of have to poke down and get down into the into the details to figure out where is the link, weakest weakest uh, link a-
1: absolutely and I think mark to your point it's uh, I wouldn't even say it's not even a supply chain it's a supply chain ecosystem right because a chain I- implies there's a linearity to it well this link goes to this goes to this but there's going to be unintended consequences of well, wait a minute if this is tied to this but it relies upon that and to your point mark it, it it the weakest link could make everything you know moot so to speak so that's part of the audit that's really challenging too is to create those links those relationships between all the pieces in your supply chain to tr- now it, there's no perfect science right you're not going to be able to Easily map all this and, and have a very clean mapping of it. And say, oh, yeah, I, I know exactly the relationships I have, but you got to start somewhere. And, and to your point, Mark, I think it's the key of that audit, too, is to understand where your risk is in that supply chain. Where are there potential weaknesses? Where are you dependent upon single source? Where do you have a supplier that might be in a high risk area for geopolitical issues? For you know, flooding, for weather, for strikes, whatever that may be, um, you know, those are things you need to map. I mean, for example, we're seeing this in the semiconductor space, right? Where I think there's a certain gas that you need that's only sourced out of Ukraine. Well, when the Russia invaded the Ukraine, all of a sudden that supply got cut off. So you need to have that ability to look at all kinds of factors, and, and to your point, Mark, to really hone in during that audit. I think. Now is the time to take that hard look and to truly analyze, understand what does that supply chain look like, and where are you where are you exposed within it.
2: Yeah, and if you, I guess, if you're a glass is half full kind of guy, you would look ahead and go, well, if you do that and decide there's some things you need to do, and there's a recession coming, it, it actually might you might might actually have some time here to to do something and make a difference before it it becomes more problematic. Absolutely,
1: you must have read my piece, but you're absolutely right. That's the glass half full part, which is. And I forget this, I should have remembered this, but if you looked at prior recessions, you know, you've seen some companies that have been created and invested during those recessions where now I think Microsoft was created during a recession, then Google, things of that nature. So just because it's a recession doesn't mean there is an opportunity. You can potentially almost take advantage of this and you know, sort of when, when everybody's selling, you're buying, right? You realize that, hey, a lot of my competitors and I are sourcing from this one place can I get ahead of it and try to either secure that, that sourcing earlier? Can I mm-hmm. find alternatives? Can I start planning for alternatives before anybody else does? So you're absolutely right. I think there's that glass half full opportunity, which is when you're starting to look at this, you know, when – when the water sort of drops, right, the tide drops, you, you you see all the rocks are. Well, figure out which rocks you want to avoid and which ones you want to take advantage of.
2: Yeah, and you may well decide it's time to retool your your business model a little bit to, to take advantage of, um, you know, those changing conditions that you see when the tide, you know, goes out.
1: No, absolutely. And I think that's, I, I think too often in supply chain, at least the way I see it, and I don't know, Mark and, and Adam, if you're seeing this way, but the knee-jerk reaction for supply chains is cost cutting. And when you hear the term recession, that just gets extenuated, right? It's like, oh, we got a cost cut. Why? Because well, everybody else is doing it. And guess what? No one's gonna go to fire me if I go out and I cost cut in the name of, hey, we're in a recession and I want to make sure that we're protecting cash, etc. Which I get. But I think those that are bold will look at the opportunity potentially to say, hey, is there opportunities that we're uncovering here uh, that we can take a bold action during this time, now that takes courage. It's going to happen. I, mean, I read a statistic somewhere, right? You're looking, recessions happen, you know, a lot, and then it usually takes 12 to 20 months for it to come back. You know, that seems like a long time, but when we think about it, a business cycle that comes pretty quickly because the investment you make today, let's say the recession starts right now, I mean the investments you make are going to take a couple of months, maybe even a year plus to really kick in. So you're going to prepare yourself for when we come out of this recession, uh, but that takes, I think, some vision and some backbone to make those types of decisions. Yeah, it also takes
2: it takes uh, some capital, you know. So there's a bunch of businesses out there that that don't have really maybe great access to capital, but but there's a bunch that do as well, and there's a bunch of you know dry powder out there in in the you know in the in the industry ready to be ready to be invested, you know, in the right business. Um, so, so I think if, if you can use this opportunity to, to take stock of that and, and in, in a market that I think is, you know, there's a lot of capital out there, I think, you know, maybe, maybe you can turn a dark clouds on the horizon into
0: a, a glass half, half full situation. Well, and you know, to, to Gee's point, right. Uh, that the default reaction is to cut costs but mark from the cfo perspective what are the other levers that we should consider leveraging yeah i mean i think it's going to be um different different things for different
2: businesses you know i mean in in some cases the business will be forced you know the the hand will be the hand will be played and and the the question is will be one of survival and in in those cases you know maybe there's not a lot of optionality Besides for cost cutting, um, but for those that where survival isn't a concern, um, you know, there's a there's a take a knee approach and you know get something accomplished, and that could take many different forms depending on the type of business. Of course, where we come from, you know, we think about um, you know processes and systems, and and using this as an opportunity to to invest in 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 business process redesign and 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 new systems that'll make the business ready to scale and actually even more efficient to come out when when inevitable growth does gut does return. So I think there's there's a good a good way to invest in um, you know in systems and, and and technology that can that can be helpful here. I think coming at it from a slightly broader perspective, not just from a technology perspective, I think Guy referred to earlier, there are sourcing questions and you know maybe time to sort of think about diversifying uh, you know your sourcing and, and what does that mean you know does it mean building a new uh, semiconductor factory in Boston you know in the Boston area or you know in in Ohio or, or whatever and and you see a bunch of government funding you see a bunch of United States government, money that's there that's that's ready to invest in in these kind of uh, projects Um, you see you know rare mineral diversification being an uh, being another topic right all these rare minerals that are that are sourced out of china right now which are either you know don't exist in a lot of other places or the the cost to to find them and 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 uh, and mine them is is prohibitively expensive uh, well, those dynamics could be changing now, um, and you know, at some point, diversi- diversification of supply may trump, um, you know, the kind of slightly higher costs uh, to to access the um, you know the source. And maybe maybe a recession, um, you know, gives some time to, to 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 invest and make something happen.
0: Well, and to your point, Mark, in early December, uh, Apple announced that uh, they are opening a chip plant in Arizona. A TSMC chip plant in Arizona, uh, and so there's this uh, this trend towards reshoring or onshoring. So, so you know, between port congestion and geopolitical issues and challenges and in international trade, from uh, logistics to tariffs to uh, to the environmental impact. Uh, this shift towards globalization um, has real impacts on the resiliency of our supply chains. Will a recession be a catalyst uh, for a shift in that? Will it change that kind of an ecosystem?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think in, in a recession is is almost another uh, other straw in the camel's back in a way. Um, all the disruption that's happened and and that we've faced over the last number of years with heightened um, geopolitical tension, with the pandemic, um, you know, et cetera, now with recession, um, this stuff starts to, in my head, at least it starts to become cumulative uh, at a level. And, you know, fundamental change sort of will, uh, as a result of this disruption, and I'm including recession in in that disruption bucket, uh, you know, we'll start to change ideas and thinking, and um, I think there's a whole generational thing that's happening here too. You know, that that kind of forces out um, some of this some of this stuff. You know, the way you mentioned environmental, and the way that um, you know the world looks at the environment now, and I think especially in the in the the younger uh, generation, the way the younger generation looks at the environment now, I think is is reshaping the way that people plan longer term for um, for for supply chains. Um, you know that comes down to hyper local sourcing or you know hyper local fulfillment or, or whatever um, that sort of takes the environment uh, into consideration. And I think that generation is probably going to be leading a charge um, to 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 try to put an economic value on on what that uh, cost to the environment. Uh, actually is, and, and, and those who have, you know, systems and and processes in place to, um, you know, to capture that, to to play into that, are are going to be are going to be winners.
1: Yeah, I think the shift, if you will, in terms of that mentality, of how we look at supply chain, how we look at sourcing, how we look at manufacturing, look at distribution. Uh, I think that's going to be, in my opinion, COVID, potential re- or recession. These are just catalysts to uh, push changes within the system, and a third big one, which Mark mentioned, is people voting with their wallets. Right, if if we look at, you know, the millennials and other younger generations, right, they're the ones who are now coming into their economic buying potential time frame at the height, and they're the ones who are going to push and use this sort of catalyst or this momentum uh, to force supply chains to rethink how they go about getting us products right getting products from point a to point b but i will say one thing that that you asked that when it comes to the notion of globalization you know I, I i'm 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 a globalist i believe that it's you know that that genie's out of the bottle we're not going back the whole discussion of things like nearshoring or what does that really mean uh, the globalization of our supply chains the globalization of our economies is not going away. So maybe I do put a fab in Arizona to build some semiconductors. But guess what? I'm still sourcing some of my stuff from different parts of the world. I'm still shipping those semiconductors to different parts of the world. So yes, one node of that supply chain might come back and be more near-shored, but the overall supply chain remains a global one. You know, and I think that's something to keep in mind.
2: Yeah, exactly. To your point, Guy, earlier you you where you said um, you know the supply chain. Um, you know, the, in the context of the supply chain audit, and when you're looking at your different sources of supply and things, and, and assessing risk there, I mean that's that's part and, that's part of the same equation. You, you see, you've got this international exposure for a single source. Um, you know, international. Let's call it a manufacturing site. Uh, the decision to diversify that. Um, you know, from a risk standpoint and create multiple, multiple locations in multiple geographies is, is, is going to be a very real one. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, everything is, is local and we become this world full of nationalistic nations. Um, it's more about diversification.
0: So pivoting slightly, I want to, I want to get back over, uh, to, uh, The supply chain and the likely outcomes post-recession, right? Because, you know, when we were heading into the pandemic, we didn't know how long it would last, what the long-tail impacts were. We've been through economic downturns. We've been through recessions uh, on a recurring basis through history. Uh, Are there any lessons that we can glean from those uh, past recessions uh, that our listeners can learn from for For their supply chain futures, is there something they can do today, or at least expect today, that will equip them better for
1: tomorrow?
2: Yeah, I I mean, I think that's a that's a good that's a good question. I'm not I'm not sure I'll answer it quite the way that maybe directly that it was asked. But if you think about the recession history and in our recent lifetime, like it's been it's been a while. I mean, the last recession was in two thousand and eight. You know, it was like 13 years ago that that resulted from the subprime mortgage crisis and the global global credit credit crisis that kind of flowed from that. And, and before that, you go you go back to 2001, right? It's the dot com bubble uh, bursting and, and the recession that that followed that. Well, that was that was 20 years ago. That's that's quite a number of years ago. I mean, a lot has changed. A lot of ch- has changed in those um, in those 20 years. So I think in terms of, you know, are we. Where are we now? what 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 have we learned that helps us better deal with a, a recession? I think one of the vectors there for us is just the change that has happened since then. and And I think about that in the context of the changes that has happened on about information flow and how how much how, how easier it is to get um, access to information today and how much more of a data-centric information set centric um, economy we have. Um, and and I think that information centricity you know it creates visibility and I think when you have visibility in and you're thinking about a recession you, you've got a lot you, you have more at your disposal to help you manage through that that recession so I think that's one interesting vector that's that's sort of you know different now than than you know in prior in prior recessions I think the other thing is um, you know th- because of all the disruption we've been through recently, um, it's it's like we're approach we're approaching what looks to what looks like it could be the next recession, not in a way that's very flat-footed at all. Um, you know, we've been kind of pairing with this with this beast of disruption through pandemic, through geopolitical issues. Through labor shortages, uh, et cetera, over the last couple of years in particular. So I, I feel like in a way we're we're a little bit more resilient as as we approach looking ahead and reacting to what what could could be a coming recession.
1: Yeah, I think mark your point spot on. I, I I almost feel like this recession, a, I feel part of it. it's already baked in uh, into the cake, so to speak. But b, I feel like you know after what's happened for the past few years with Covid, it's almost as if, you know, we were kind of like, eh, you know, we got through COVID. How, how much worse can, and I, I hate to say this, knock on wood, how much worse could this really be? Um, yeah. You know, and I think that's, hopefully, I don't live to uh, regret those words, but global disruption like we saw during the pandemic, that is something that thankfully or hopefully we only see once in our lifetimes, but in a way that has prepared us, I think, even more to think on a, understanding the global scale of what a recession could do to us it's also one of the things that's uncovered is the intricacies of our global economy and how things are tied together. So I've, I feel as if we have a little bit more appreciation and a little bit more respect, if you will, for you know for that system. Um, yeah, now, does 100%. it mean we can avert it? Does it mean we can do things differently? Uh, yes. The impact it has, I don't know. I just think, I, in a way, it allows us as both consumers and as you know business people during the week and laborers, et cetera, is to have a a better appreciation and understanding of, hey, we'll get through this. These things happen. It's in a cycle. We've gone we've just gone through a pandemic and look, we got through it for the most part. Uh, we can get through this too. A silver lining from COVID, and I this is one thing I do hope that if we do go to a true global recession that we are hyper alert of is the importance of supply chain? I, I I know that sounds like a cliche as a supply chain company, but that's the reality of it. You know, I sort of use this as an example, and it's 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 a terrible one, but I'm going to use it anyways. You know, my mom during the pandemic, when she went to the grocery store and there wasn't toilet paper, she finally said to me, "I know what you do now. It's about time, mom."
2: But you know, yeah, it's a ama- it's amazing how many supply chain es- experts you know have have been bred over the last couple of years. <laughs>
1: exactly so so i think the the silver lining to this is that because of that experience coming out of it now going into this potential recession we have a, a, an awareness of the role that supply chain plays of the role or the impact something could something that happens on the other side of the world can have to our economy Um, so yes, we will probably have a recession. It will, yes, it will hurt us at some level financially and, 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 in other ways, but in terms of, of us as a business, as economy, as a supply chains, we're more aware of the reality of this. We're more aware of the impact we can have. We're more aware of the fact that we will get out of this as well. So I think that's, that my hope is that gives some people the courage or the ability to say, you know what, I'm going to double down on this investment because I do think once we come out of this, I want my business and my supply chain to be ready now to take advantage when the economy goes back up.
0: Right. There's this heightened awareness that supply chain is not just a transactional function, that it serves a very important strategic function in how an organization can weather uh, disruption, whatever that disruption is—if it's an economic disruption or a pandemic-fueled disruption—that the supply chain isn't just uh, a victim in this. It, it can be used as a strategic lever, and that investment, uh, when it when all signs point to cost cutting, investment may actually be your most strategic move.
1: Absolutely. Adam. So, one of the industries that, or some of the industries I work with, some of the conversations I've had in the past few months with some of the healthcare professionals is that they're kind of doubling down now trying to figure out oh all right wait a minute you know and, and mark's point earlier is that healthcare is kind of recession proof but still you know they need to think about it in the in the in the context of um, you know obviously money and and profit and such but they're looking at it saying hey maybe this is a time that we have to continue to invest and double down on how we do things differently when it comes to moving our inventory around fulfilling our hospital needs, our patient needs, things of that nature. Yes, a recession might hit, but now is the time to maybe even double down or accelerate that because now we have the opportunity to get even more prepared, if you will, to take advantage of when things, again, turn around. And I'm seeing that, too, you know, on the retail side and other places. Now, it's not across the board, but it's a lot more than I would have thought, You know, maybe in the recession of, of 2001, after the dot-com boom. To Mark's point in 2008 right it felt like those recent recessions it was right away like nope shut down investment shut down the shop let's just weather the storm and when it, when it when the sun comes back up then we'll go again
2: yeah absolutely and the the problem is there that so many businesses I mean there's a, a most of the businesses that are out there that where supply chain is critical to their success they're still operating on systems that they that they probably acquired back before the dot com bust. You know, it's like year 2K's coming, let's get these things fixed and then, oh wow, that was hard. That was hard to do. Um, <laughs> let's let's sweat that asset as long as we possibly can. And that that stuff's been, you know, plugged in and, and operating, you know, for the last twenty years. And guess what? It just is just not it's just not right anymore. The things have changed too much. Things have evolved uh, too much, you know. The su- supply chains are different now than they were 20 years ago. The ability to be able to pivot and and be resilient and, and efficient to change and agile in supply chain has never been um, anywhere near as important as it is right now for for success. So, you know, think about the fact that you've sort of sweat that asset for 20 years, and then you're like, well, yeah, things are changing here. Then COVID happens. Right. And then it's like, wow, well, hold on a second. What the world is going to end. I'm not going to do anything right now. Okay. So now we're sweating those assets, you know, for another couple of years. And guess what COVID actually, you know sends into overdrive the the requirement to be to be agile as more, you know, shopping moves online and you start to fulfillment starts to look different and how systems need to operate to to support fulfillment, next day delivery, all this stuff just changes dramatically. So now, you know, that asset that you've been sweating for twenty years, it just got a lot older in the last two years. And and you're not only that, you're looking at security concerns. So there's a whole bunch of cathartic moments and events that are happening, you know, right now. Um that, you know, if if a recession comes and that throws you off, you know, you might not have an after recession, you know, period of time where you're you're you know maybe too late for you. The investment may need to be happening now. And I think that's something that um, that businesses I think are considering um, as they look at things like security and and agility and and um, and I think that will make uh, make businesses uh, decide that it's time to you know it's kind of roll up
0: the sleeves and hunker down and get into get into some investment here. Well, well said, Mark. That's uh, that's perfect. Uh, you know, before wrapping things up, before we sign off, uh, I figured uh, since it's uh, 2024, nope. <laughs> Since it's 2023, we're just uh, gonna skip next year. <laughs> yeah, jumping ahead of year. You know what? You know what? Most of us, most of us That'd wanted to skip 2020. Let's just skip 2023. <laughs> Let's just get past this bad part. Fast uh, forward. No, no, so since we're kicking off 2023, I figured a couple of resolutions uh, are in order. Uh, so we'll start with you, Mark. Uh, Mark, what's your supply chain resolution for 2023? Uh, let's see i think i have to put myself into a kind of a
2: holistic um betterment of of humankind frame of mind to answer that uh to answer that question and i think i would go with you know i hope that supply chain management you know in evolution results in reduced stress for one like that holiday gift i just ordered on cyber monday would Wouldn't it be great if it if it arrives a week before Christmas and I can count on that? Fantastic. That's that's supply chain. Um, And I think the other thing is, um, you know, I think there's really interesting ways for supply chain through processes and systems to 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 lighten environmental impact. Um, And I guess my resolution for for, you know, for future generations, I, I think it's personally, I think it's very important that. That we do um, that we do things to lighten the environmental impact of of our activities, and I think supply chain and technology can can play a big role in that.
1: How about you, Gee? Yeah, I, I first I love the environmental impact one from Mark, so I'm, I'm going to certainly steal that. I think that's one that <laughs> uh, my resolution, and I think moving forward is is it has to continue to be woven into the fabric of supply chain and how we think about it. But my big uh, 2023 resolution for supply chain, is that supply chain continues to hold the attention of the general public and businesses and my mom and others. Why? Because I feel as if, you know, COVID obviously shone a bright light on what supply chains were and the complexity of it and the importance of supply chain and what i hope for my resolution for 2023 is that we continue to give or pay attention to supply chain the right way we need to meaning it's not just a cost center it's not just something we delegate to you know the back room so to speak and just say hey you guys take care of this and figure it out but that we truly continue to look at supply chain as a strategic uh, you know tool in our toolbox when it comes to everything from healthcare to retail to distribution to manufacturing to automotive to pharmaceuticals to you know every industry out there there's a supply chain and as as much as covid was terrible uh, it certainly allowed supply chain to get its moment in the sun now sometimes it wasn't great but it made it made you know the the common the common folks that aren't supply chain professionals aware of the importance of it and for me, I just want to see this continue. I don't mean to say it has to be the superstar, but I think the importance and the awareness of supply chain within our daily lives, within our businesses, within our lives as consumers, uh, is something that I would like to see continue. And you know, the analogy is kind of like to me, it's like it's like the ocean, right? You got to respect the ocean. Like it's a, it's a complex, big thing. Uh, sometimes we don't understand it, but we know that we have to respect it. And, and that's my resolution for 2023.
2: And I'm going to write a song that's called "The Supply Chain Is
0: Bigger Than the Ocean." <laughs> and you know, and you know what, gee, uh, mine, mine is somewhat the same as that. Uh, the supply chain has uh, become a, a household term, uh, and it's been in the headlines for a bunch of reasons why the supply chain has not worked. Uh, so my resolution for 2023 would be. Uh, let's get supply chain in the headlines for the way it does work, or it can work, rather than the way it isn't working. Well put. So, so with that, Mark, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, sir. thanks for having me. A sincere thank you to Ghee for uh, joining me as co-host today. Thanks, Adam, and thanks, Mark. And as always, this has been the Great Supply Chain Podcast. Thank you to our listeners, and once again, Happy New Year. Well, that's it for this episode, folks. I hope our guests sparked some new ideas and inspired you to push the boundaries of supply chain. New podcasts will be published on the first of every month. In the meantime, please reach out with your thoughts or questions or even an idea for a future episode. You can email us at texaspodcast at texas.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as a new episode goes live, and please share it with a colleague and leave a review. Until then, this has been the Great Supply Chain Podcast. I'm Adam Polka, and thank you for tuning in.